Hello everybody. Uh, I think this is the first time I'm using a brand new mic. I think I sound a lot better now. Uh, but you know, I just wanted to welcome everybody um, on another episode of Business Talk. Um, you know, now we welcome the year of 2021. Uh, I was thinking of talking a bit about um, a quick recap of what happened in 2020 and what are the things um, that I've learned personally and also um, uh, on the corporate side as well, what kind of businesses uh, were left with their pens caught down and uh, what businesses really thrived and, and really showed, um, I think, the world that the economy is extremely, extremely um, quick to adapt to new uh, situations and new challenges in life. So, you know, we ha- always have to be very uh, on our toes and be very ready to pursue any opportunity that may come um, even though the situation may be so dire like uh, in COVID. So I was thinking about, you know, talking a bit about 2020, how COVID-19 actually swept through the globe. Um, everything was really um, upended. Lah. I did not feel like this ever in my whole life. You know, it just felt that I wasn't able to meet people that I wanted to meet. I had to second guess going out. I had to second guess going to work. Um, and really fighting an enemy that was uh, invisible and extremely, extremely infectious among um, humans, right? So, you know, when I think growing up, we always heard about SARS, H1N1. We always heard about, you know, viruses affecting our lives. But I think it never really hit us um, to this scale before because we always, you know, assume that the virus will eventually die out like what uh, I think H1N1 and SARS um did but COVID was really something that was um, unprecedented I think the, the closest thing that we had to COVID was you know many many years ago almost a century ago in 1918 I believe um, during the Spanish flu so I think you know we, we, we the people who experienced those times are not alive so we can't ask them how they dealt with it right so we were very much left alone um, to deal with this virus. And you can see a lot of countries um, really going through unprecedented lockdowns, politicians um, not really knowing what to do, didn't really have an answer for the people. So it was a very, very strange year. Um, so looking on to 2021, uh, will it be the recovery year that everyone has been looking forward to? Um, and you know, in business, are we going to see a turnaround or return to normal? I would argue that um, it's unlikely that we will see a return to normal. Instead, I think uh, we will see a pivot, a quick uh, progression towards businesses that are recession and pandemic proof. Um, those will those businesses will thrive. It's very unlikely that COVID will just disappear in the next three to six months. Even though the vaccines are finally out, finally approved in many countries, already implemented in a few countries. Malaysia, I think we're waiting till March to, to get our own jabs. Um, but I don't think the vaccine will immediately improve things, although it will improve marginally. I think, you know, um, people will be a bit more confident going out once they are vaccinated. But, you know, we all have to understand that this isn't a natural shield um, to, to the virus, right? We don't know the efficacy of the vaccine yet. We don't know how many times we need to take the vaccine. Um, the vaccine, I don't think it cures people who already have COVID, but it at least provides a, a shield for people who have not gotten COVID and were exposed to COVID and it, it basically triggers a natural immune response from the from the body to to block out the virus from infecting you, right? So 
you know it's something good we, we should all be celebrating about that but I think you know it would take time it would take you know I think till June to towards the end of the year to really see um, the vaccines really starting to to win the war against COVID so I think vaccines will come in March but we should also be vigilant get yourself jabbed if you are um, eligible um, you know don't be uh, anti-vaxxer I think we all should always read up on information um, on on you know allergy information related to the to the vaccine get yourself educated and if it doesn't affect you severely medically then you should always be taking it to protect yourself and also the people around you so you know let's enough talk about covid let's talk about 2021 so what are the few things that we need to look forward to the first one we got to think about is really um, we have to look towards the US I think Donald Trump will no longer be the president in 2021. I think a lot of people will breathe a sigh for sigh of relief. Um, but I think it's nice to think that um, basically America has um, sort of shed its past, shed its um, reckless past of reckless policies of the past in Trump over the last four years. It's going to take some time for Biden to to really clean things from the inside. But externally for the US, I think the main thing everyone will be talking about will be their relationship with China. As you know, the tension that has built up between these two countries over the last four years have been really, really um, high. And and I don't think much has been done to to, um, really uh, address that because, you know, even after Biden won the election, Biden was declared the winner. It took a while for China to really um, acknowledge and congratulate him. So you can see how testy the relationship is. Um, but you know, under the Trump administration, the US imposed 370 billion US dollars worth of tariffs on Chinese goods. Um, but Biden sounds a lot more progressive. He thinks he wants to pursue trade policies that are actually um, progressive on China's abusive practices. Um, so you know, and all those accusations that we hear about China stealing intellectual property, dumping products, illegal subsidies. Um, I think Biden will, will be a bit more um, pragmatic in, in how he deals with it. The trade war really has now developed into a tech war. As you remember back in early 2020 or late 2019, Huawei was the first to bear um, the brunt of all these issues. Um, they limited the use of American technologies. U.S. suppliers are required to seek approval from the government before they can ship products to Huawei. Um, so you remember all that thing, you know, really building up, already simmering from from back, you know, in a year or two ago. So I think if Biden continues with this kind of restriction on on Chinese tech, um, this is going to be uh, you're going to see that this tech decoupling happen um, between the two companies. You're going to see less cooperation um, but if he takes a more progressive stance where you know he tells that okay you know let's let's address these issues let's not let's let's make sure that you know there is no um, dodgy things happening um, between tech companies especially relating to privacy um, then really then maybe we can see relationships really um, coming back tariffs being raised in, in an increase increasing more uh, a increasingly more globalized world uh, between the two superpowers, right? So, okay, now let's bring ourselves back um, to Malaysia. So, Malaysian, uh, the Malaysian economy, I think, for 2020, it was was in a mess, especially when we went through the the initial 
uh, MCO movement control order, which was very, very scary. I remember the time where I, where everyone was just stuck at home, nothing was moving, all shops closed, nothing was allowed to to go um, on. Um, but I think as we come uh, through, as we went through the year, uh, the government realized. I'm sure the people as well realized uh, like a severe lockdown like that uh, really killed a lot of businesses. Really, you know, got a lot of people suffering. Um, not just on a business sense, but also on a personal and mental health sense. You know, people were just being cooped up at home, forced to, and we never felt uh, imprisoned in our own homes before, such as like that, right? So, I think it was too much of a toll. Um, and that being said, I think things really improved after that. Um, the recovery, the first recovery MCO, um, things started getting better. The the cases were very very minimal, low teens to some. I, I remember there was a day there was zero local cases. So things were going good, but then, uh, as everyone knew, I think the the Sabah elections came and really started to pump the numbers back up, right? And and I personally had a family member, my brother, who was infected with COVID after coming back from from Sabah. So I had a very first hand experience of of how this virus can really um, take away your freedom and take away your uh, your your relationships with your family sometimes when when that person is has to be quarantined and has to be um, hospitalized without any communication all you can do is is call or FaceTime right so it's a it's a very um, scary thing to to face as as personally so when when Sabah elections happen I think that really you know without blaming any, anyone um, it really pushed the cases up people were starting to be on their on their Backs again, people starting to realize that you know maybe I should just stay home. You know, work from home happened again, and um, now I think we are reaching new high still, um, reaching the new year. We are, we have reached a new high, and things are still getting scarier. Um, you know, just recently I'm hearing friends uh, who are who were basically in close contact with COVID nineteen patients, people who were. Um, basically hanging out in the same area people were just getting more paranoid and you know you can feel it coming closer and closer to you so i think a lockdown is was not is, is not really the answer if you ask my opinion but a severe severe um monitoring of sops has to happen right if if everyone really followed sops if everyone really um check their temperature check their um, get tested whenever they feel um, something funny. Um, be very honest in their in their health declarations. I still think you know um, the cases can come down. But again, I think certain lockdowns still have to happen. A more targeted lockdown um, strategy uh, where we don't wait until cases um, go beyond crazy hundreds. We don't wait for clusters. We see something forming. We close it down. We lock down. Quickly, we enforce strict mandatory quarantine. Um, don't wait for full-blown clusters to happen before we we implement a enhanced MCO like what we saw in the cluster Teratai, as you know, with top gloves, uh, foreign workers and the dormitories, right? So, you know, I think lockdown is really not the answer, but a severe, a much much better adherence adherence. I'm sorry to um, all the SOPs has to be implemented. So, on the economy side. Without a lockdown, we do see that 
I think uh, the, the government foresees a rebound of between 6.5% to 7.5% in 2021. Parliament has approved the budget. Um, it's one of the biggest ones, 322.5 billion ringgit for 2021. Um, they, they had some political issues back then. Um, people were worried that the budget was not going to get approved, but that has um, passed. That was passed. Everything's good. Uh, Bank Negara is not looking to really do anything on the interest rate cuts. I think they're they're happy where rates are. They're leaving the OPR um, unchanged at 1.75%. Um, and I think if we don't see any downside risk, if we don't see any um, economic uh, lockdowns or uh, any lockdowns for that matter, um, I don't think rates will, will go any any further, go down any further already um, as of now. So money is cheap. Uh, good opportunities are around. You know, you should look for um, capital or debt to to really um, try and secure um, an opportunity and to really take advantage of an opportunity. So business confidence still remains weak. I think the REM business confidence survey in in fourth quarter last year showed little change. It's around thirty three point seven. Number above fifty indicates positive sentiment. So we are definitely negatively sentimented. Uh, if that's a word. But you know, no surprises there. Um, I think, in terms of cash flow, um, all the micro, small, and medium enterprises really took a hit. As you know, most restaurants that all your favorite restaurants, I think, I'm very sure at least 10% of your favorite restaurants have closed, or at least you know, um, not closed down entirely. Maybe close a few branches. Um, the revenue projection for 2021 is is really going to depend on business and individual income. To help raise revenue that was lost, so this needs to this will only happen if we improve economic activity. Hence, you know, people need to adhere to SOPs. People need to be allowed to go to coffee shops and all that. We need people to have stable employment and also sustain wage growth. And once you have all this, I think revenue projections for for the country GDP and overall is going to get better. Um, so. The last point I think I just want to explore for 2021 is: Are we gonna start um, reopening our borders to really um, form travel bubble uh, programs with other countries where COVID has been under control? So, like for example, Australia and New Zealand now have a travel bubble with Singapore and Hong Kong. Um, and I think they are looking at countries that where cases have not spiked up like ours. So I'm I I I still think it's unlikely for um, Malaysia to, to to be part of any bubble right now. You know we're hitting record highs even towards the end of 2020. So I think tourism will still take a hit. Unfortunately, I think um, only local based tourism um, hotels that mostly cater to local um, guests they will survive. They will still see um, some cash flow. But the guys, the especially the expensive hotels catering to the um, the expat or the overseas tourist crowd that those are really going to suffer. My personal experience: I went to Four Seasons and Intercontinental Hotel. Um, I think about two weeks ago, and I can tell you that I've never seen those two hotels um, as dead as they were. Right? It was horrible, and I feel really, really sad looking at, at at those hotels because I had a lot of fun, you know, going to the restaurants there back in the day. But you know, the restaurant in Intercontinental was actually closed. So, you know, all these things, usually restaurants in hotels never close, right? They're always open even though there are not many um, customers from outside because the guests always go there. So, you know, you can see all these 
you can see tourism still taking a hit lah. I don't see there's going to be a significant um, uptick in tourism um, activity any anytime soon. And I think uh, that's pretty much it for 2021. Those are the issues you know that that we're going to face. Those are the issues that um, I think everyone will be looking for. How do we stop COVID? Um, well, how how do we basically use the vaccine to our advantage to to win the war? Um, how how do we engage um, safely with the economy without a lockdown and and really on politics as well how do we you know go go through um, 2021 with, with a major power struggle playing among the, the parties right I think um, there are many many factions lah within AMNO within PKR within DAP that are all trying to to establish a very solid um, solid base for power And if you ask me personally, again from from the outside, I'm I'm not a political expert. Uh, I don't have really much insight into this, but I think the days of um, one political party holding 70 to 80 percent of the mandate um, is gone. It's going to be um, it's going to be where it's going to be a situation where a coalition has to be the ruling um, agenda. Lah, it really has to be a coalition of various parties, and I think. As an individual, as anybody, you know, we should encourage that. We should encourage a diversity of, of parties, a diversity of um, membership, a diversity of ideas. So I think those things will be very beneficial to to, to the public and and to policy making in general, right? But again, um, on on the ground and on on a more on ex- execution level, it's not going to be easy. When you have too many cooks, it spoils the broth, right? So. It's good to have a lot of ideas. Good to have big, diverse discussions. But when it comes to the implementation of the policy, like for example, like trying to vote the budget, you know, it takes so much effort. It takes a lot of time. It wastes a lot of resources. There's a lot of leakages. There's a lot of time wastage. So those things are are um, really a balancing act, lah. Uh, but let's see. Let's see who comes out on top. I think a snap election will really solve all the problems. But you know, the then the question is whether a snap election should be held. Um, during a resurgence in, of COVID, right? So, I think it should um, the election should be delayed. My best um, guess would be towards second quarter of next year or towards the end of next year. That would be my best intelligent guess, um, just purely based on how you know we can see that COVID cases are are resurging and um, how are we. Going to be able to contain that during an election. It's going to be very, very tough. It's not impossible. It's not impossible. Places like America have have, have done it, you know, and and can't imagine how the hell they did it. But it's it's possible. Um, but at what cost? At what cost? So I think those things are very, very important. Those things are the top few questions that uh, policymakers and politicians are are really um, considering. So that's it from me. So I want to wish you guys a very, very happy New Year. Um, you know, please keep your head up. I know it's been a tough year, but I think you know uh, any one of you in the workplace or or businessman listening to this, you know, keep your head up, keep pushing. Let's let's try and make some money. Let's try to build some good relationships. Let's try and beat this COVID together. Let's be very aware of the SOPs. Let's be very aware of um, um, contact tracing and be very aware of um, the people you're protecting not just yourself but also your family members and your friends around you so thanks for listening guys um, I'll see you guys again